Lenny on vacation is building his team. Isn't that what it's all about? Well, you're awful quiet in here. You can take me down just quite a bit more up here, dear. You're awful quiet in here today. You just, you just don't seem like a blessed people. You just kind of seem like a people that showed up, and that's better not showing up. That's, that's half of it, right? But I'm going to stir you up. You're going to be running around this building here in a minute. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you. Now, you called us some places in your kingdom for such a time as this. It could have been in any time or dispensation, but you chose this time, this season of life, this season in all of your ages to have us on your planet. And we know, Father, you do everything with purpose. You have a deliberate plan of how you want things to go because you are God and God all alone. And Lord, you have blessed us. You have anointed us. You have equipped us to go forth and subdue on your behalf, to take enemy-held territory and to bring souls into the kingdom. We give you praise for it. Holy Spirit, move as you will today. Your servant is here to serve you and the people are here to receive from you. And we give it all this in Jesus' mighty name. The church said, oh, come on. The church said, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to continue what I was talking about as we're talking about pillars of our faith, right? Pillars. And I started on a topic we can't even touch the surface. I'm just introducing it, the pillar of blessing. Everybody say the blessing. So remember, it's not a blessing, right? It's what? The blessing. Whenever something has the article T-H-E or the in front of it or the, that means it is pointing directly to the one. Everybody say the one. There's blessings and there's attributes that bring blessings, but there's only one blessing that is the blessing. Just like there is only one name that is the name that is named above all names and every knee shall bow and give praise and thanks to that name who is Lord, Jesus Christ, right? So whenever we're talking about the blessing, everybody say the blessing. Or you can say the blessing. Okay, Holy Spirit, I will. So many of you have seen uh, what's going on in eastern Kentucky, which is our homeland. That's where I was born and raised. And, and um, so our church we planted in Martin County, where my brother is, they had water. He had water come right up to the edge of his house and go down with all this flooding. Even water was running through the little streets of my, where I grew up. I know, it's never that I've known of been in that, the streets there. And then it finally did just get my brother's basement a little bit, but he said he is fine, and all of his congregation is fine. But where Pastor Rich is, Holmes, met Holmes, and my brother and I helped plant that church many years ago uh, in Pikeville, they're really, they're okay, Rich, and a lot of his people, but out in the surrounding areas like Virgie and Letcher County and all that, they've lost, I don't know, there's been, I think, over 20 lives already lost. My brother said, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's like everything was fine, and within 20 minutes, there was like a cloudburst where they'd already had flooding, but that cloudburst, and, and what happens in the hills, it's not even really mountains, the hills, whenever there's a burst like that, when the water's saturated and the creeks and the fields are full, there's nowhere for it to go. And I mean, it's like when a dam breaks. When that water hits those hills, it's coming from all directions, and people just can't get out of it. And it happened in the wee hours of the morning. So there was, well, I think they've already had over 20 lives that they know of that have 
they've been lost through the flooding. So we want to pray for them. And then we're going to be assembling uh, some people together and some and goods together. And we'll, we'll get a text out to everybody for you that want to go down and serve that area. And uh, we're going to try to take some supplies and different things. And all of us guys, we'll get our trailers together, everything we got. We'll load it down. We'll load our truck here. And we'll figure out a plan. Amen? So let's pray right now for all those. Father, we just thank you for your grace, your mercy, your healing, and God, your peace and comfort. And we just speak your peace and comfort over the, those that have been affected in such a tragic way, not only losing, you know, properties and things like that, workplaces and businesses, but losing lives. And Lord, we just speak life, a spirit of life over the mountains of eastern Kentucky. We bind the spirit of death. We loose your mercy. We loose your provision and your power. And today, God, we come together in agreement that we will not only pray for them and stand for them, but we will sow into them and we will serve them to bring glory to your name. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. I said everyone said? Amen. Amen. So, okay, I was over here when Holy Spirit told me to stop. Everybody say the blessing. The blessing. Not a blessing. Everybody say the blessing. the blessing. So what is it? So remember last week I told you when you hear a dog go rof rof, the bark is not the dog. When you hear a cat go meow meow, the meow is not the cat. Whenever you understand a cow and it goes moo moo, the moo is not the cow. The moo happens because of the cow. The rough rough happens because it comes as an attribute from the dog. The meow meow is not the cat, but it's an attribute of the cat, and the cat releases the meow meow. We have marked the blessings of God with a lot of, attri of his attributes and things that he performs, but the attributes are not the blessing. The blessing is the blesser, our Lord and Savior, King of kings and Lord of lords. The blessing is our creator, and he created us, remember, in his image and in his likeness, both male and female. So we got into that, and I'm going to get into it a little bit more today about what the blessing is and how we access the blessing. Everybody say, the blessing. blessing. Say, Pastor, we don't know say where the or the. You don't, you, I don't either, so you just pick one. I don't care. Whatever blesses you. Amen. But what have we done with the blessing? You know, it's like when someone sneezes <coughs> or does that, you want to say, well, bless you. That's a real cough, by the way. <clears throat> so, thank you. I'm okay. <clears throat> so, what I want you to realize is, is, is we've watered down the blessing and we've tried to explain it and all oh, bless you, sweetheart, or oh, the Lord's going to bless you. You're not speaking faith or prophesying. It's kind of a mercy pat on someone's back. Well, the Lord bless you, honey. Like, they must be stupid. God bless them, help them. Or, or, or you know, I can't fix that problem. Well, bless you, dear. And, and, and we watered it down, not understanding the authority and what it truly is. And when we don't understand that, we can't access one-tenth of what God has for us. And, and God's not just giving us uh, power, anointing, provision, and all these things just so we feel better. He's given it to us to activate us because we are his kingdom. He said that he is what? In these earthen vessels is his treasure. His spirit is in us, all believers. And, and we're the only ones that can, he said, when you give a drink of water in my name, you bring glory, right? When you feed the widows, to, you, you, you bring glory. So what I want you to realize is that we are in charge to release the blessing of God. He has given not only blessed you, with the blessing, but he's given you the authority to release the blessing. You're going to be his rough rough. 
You're going to be his meow meow. You're going to be his moo moo. You're going to be the manifestation of the blessing. Say, I am the manifestation of the blessing. Say, I am the manifestation of the blessing. Say, I am the manifestation of the blessing. What's manifestation mean? It means to make visible or to make seen. I am here to make the blessing of God visible or seen. And I'm going to get into what the blessing is and where it comes from as well. So as we begin to realize that we're talking about the blessing or the blessing, everybody say the blessing, it begins to get in your heart and your mind to the point. See, revelation is when something's revealed or uncovered that's not seen. And whenever God wants you, he said in Hosea, I think it's uh, chapter 6 or whatever, Hosea 4, he said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge or a lack of knowing. That word in the Greek is agnosis. I'm not sure what it is in Hebrew. But when he's talking about a lack of knowledge, he's talking about a lack of revelation. In other words, it means a divine understanding. When you have a revelation of something, you just don't know about it, you know it. it many places in the New Testament, in the Greek, the word know, to know or to be known, is that epnosis. And, and epnosis means to begat or to be born of. So when God says revelation, it's born in you. It's born of him. And it's revealed through a birthing of a connection with the Father. Hmm. That's pretty good, Dalton. Thank you. Amen. I'd clap there. Anyway. So if you are, if you are born again, the blessing, everybody say the blessing. The blessing encompasses your DNA. The blessing encants in your heart, in your mind, in your body. The blessing is part of your spirit, your soul, and your body. And we'll get into that, hopefully, if I get time today. The blessing is also powerful when we come together. We've been studying, Pastor Steph got me turned on to it, and I've studied some about the Sabbath, and there's some things we want to re-implement in the kingdom here, and we're going to be praying about how to do it. It's going to be pretty cool. But really, Sabbath wasn't just a day to rest. Sabbath was also a day, the word rest really talks about in the Hebrew, testimony. Sabbath is a day, yeah, to stop your work so that you can testify of the things God has done. And we need to testify. Everybody say testify. What's that mean? Tell a story. The, the Jewish people, even today, rabbis, when they teach, they call it pearls. And they release a pearl and they string pearls together. Every, spring, every pearl is a truth. And what I want to do is we start celebrating the truth. Everybody say the truth. The pearls of God. And what is that? That whenever you see a pearl and you know it and not just know about it, you get a revelation. There was a cool statement that someone said in, in this particular thing I was listening to that Steph gave me. And it was, and, and I've heard it somewhere before, but this is powerful. It says that whenever a protege is being trained up by their rabbi to become a rabbi, they have to stay so close to the rabbi that the dust off their sandal would hit them as they walked. They had to be so close, observing everything the rabbi did and be there for the rabbi. And it gets all into that thing about when Jesus walked on the water. Here Peter is, right? He's in the boat. The other disciples are in the boat. And, and what, what happens? Who was the only one that got out of the boat? Peter. And, and why did Peter get out of the boat? I'm sure he was fearful. I mean, it was a torrential storm. At first they thought Jesus was a ghost and then they realized it wasn't and when he called their name. 
Peter had this desire, even though I'm going to risk my life, I can't do it on my own. I got to get close to my rabbi. And he takes off on, you know, really, I don't even think he thought about it. I think he just saw Jesus and went to him and got out there and went, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and starts sinking. And Jesus, what, rescues him, right? And talked about little faith in the boat. But here's what's powerful. Think about it. Later on in his life, the Bible says that people would wait outside wherever Peter was dwelling because when he would walk through the streets, his shadow healed the sick. If you were just get a, his shadow come across your body, it healed you. When you think about the great things that these apostles did, it's so, totally amazing. But here's the key with that. Peter was the only one that knew what it felt like to walk on water. There was 10 other disciples looking and watching and they knew about Peter walking on the water. But only Peter knew. Peter and Jesus are still the only two that knows what it's like to walk on water. Steph and I were talking about it. It's like when I flow in against the spirit, a lot of times I'm trying to tell you what I'm sensing and what I'm feeling. And you can be right there with me and you can get a sense of feeling something, but you still don't know what it's like when my rabbi flows through me like that because it's something he's birthed in me through revelation and through practice and through faith. Peter had crazy faith to step out there, right? And, and, and it takes crazy faith to do anything good for God. If you could do it on your own, it's not faith. It didn't take faith for you to come to church today. It took you getting yourself up, brush your teeth, and wash your hair if you have any, and, and driving to church. And I'm not making fun of any of my brothers here because I'm, you know, We'll have to make some decisions or something. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. So when we look at all the blessing in this room, every born-again believer encompasses the blessing. Everybody say, the blessing. Say, you're killing me in that, Pastor. No, I'm trying to give you life. Say, the blessing. blessing. Now what I want you to understand, God houses his blessing in individuals, believers, and it comes through salvation, but when we come together under one, in one accord, under one covering to, for our Sabbath, our time to testify, our time to party, our time to celebrate for God, now that blessing and its effect is multiplied. Apparently here, hundreds of times versus it would if you were at home with three people. So let's talk about the blessing. The blessing is the commanded blessing. One, we call it the commanded blessing. And there's other names we have for it, but it's really the blessing. So Psalm 133 says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You can't be in unity if you're in all these different places. In unity, it's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard of, uh, the beard of Aaron. Aaron is the priest, right? Running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. Zion represents church. <clears throat> for there, everybody say there, the commanded blessing, for, it, the, there is the commanded blessing forevermore, say forever. So God will always bless his blessings assembling together. You can be blessed serving God at home. 
but it will be minute compared to the compounded effect and power and revelation that comes to you when you gather together. When you gather together, the heavens open up. Malachi 3, it's not just talking about money. It says, if you will not rob me in your tithes and offerings, what did he say? He said, see that I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you. There's not room enough to contain. Windows are revelation. Windows are portals. Just like whenever Jacob uh, 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 was there and wrestling with God, right? When he was wrestling with God, the window of heaven opened up and an angel appeared, uh, a ladder appeared, and angels uh, were ascending and descending from heaven. That's the first time, and that represents God's presence. That was the first time, really, church was ever even talked about, discussed, or a place that is anointed. That's why I named this church, Stephanie, Bethel Harvest, because it's a place where the anointing of God is, and it's showing heaven, and harvest means it's bringing in souls. So it's a, it's a house of his presence, bringing in his harvest. And now, you tell me you're going to be more blessed by coming one time a month or four times a month. And, and I'm just telling you, you know, we got a good crowd here for July and it's raining, that's good. But I'm just saying, so many people are missing out on it. And what I want you to realize is the more you come under the commanded blessing, the greater the revelation. It's easier. You don't have to fight to hear God right now, do you? But boy, you're at home praying and trying to get a word. You're trying to get your worship on, trying to get your worship going. God, I need an answer. Well, right now it's time to get your answers. He gives them that way. That's overflow. But if you don't have something that's covering you and anointing you, then you can't get to overflow. You're stuck. But when you come together, then when we come together, like with Brandon's ministry, serving the community, we come together with Miss Kathy and the food ministry. When we come together, we go serve Eastern Kentucky, just like we did Western Kentucky. Every place that, that multiple blessings are is the cloud of God's glory. <clears throat> the cloud of God's glory. <clears throat> just think about it. We all have angels. If me and Steph and the boys are at home and Gabby, you know, that's five of us, and we got, we got multiple angels. But when there's several hundred together, how many angels are here right now? So you mean to tell me you're going to hear better off by yourself being a lone ranger? You'll just be a lonely ranger. So. Amen. Anyway, for whoever that's for. So the blessing manifests the anointing. Say the blessing manifests the anointing. Now, what is the anointing? The anointing is uh, a couple different ways to define it. One I like is the perpetual propulsion of the power of God. The perpetual means ongoing forever. Propulsion means energy, force. You know, like propulsion, a jet gets propulsion from the engine, right? A boat gets propulsion with, with whatever it is, whether it's an inboard or outboard. The propulsion is what is the energy that moves the vessel. So anointing is the perpetual energy what, of what? The power of God. What is the power of God? Dunamis. It is uh, the power like, a, like dynamite to break loose and broke, destroy strongholds. The second half of it is power like a dynamo, which is a transference of power, like taking water, heat, and steam to produce electricity, like taking coal, heat, and steam to produce electricity. What is it? That's a tr that, is, that is a transference of power. And so God's power can work to break things loose, break strongholds, diseases, curses, 
but it also can, can bring a transverse of power to build up, to edify, to restore, and even to recreate if necessary. So, so if you don't have revelation of that, you're just praying one way, and you're not getting the full package. Where does that come from? Revelation, a revealing, a uncovering, a pulling back of the, the curtain. Hmm. So as we begin to understand that, uh, what the anointing truly is, right, and begin to flow in that, I'm trying to skip through some things because I got about a month of teaching here that I, I can't get it all in today. I want to see this one other thing for you. Where did it go? I just had it. All of, oh, there it is. The second definition for the anointing is to be infused. Everybody say infused. With the ability to be able, the ability to do work on the behalf of another. The anointing is in you for your sake, but the anointing is on you for the sake of others. So the anointing is not only the perpetual propulsion of the power of God that I can operate in, that's the meow of the blessing. That's a rough, rough of the blessing. That's the moo-moo of the blessing. The other piece of it is what? To be infused with the ability of God. To be infused with the ability. What? To do work. Well, what is work? Diconia in the Greek, it, the word ministry means works. It means works. It means doing many, menial tasks. All kinds of tasks. All kinds of works. That's what ministry is. A lot of people, well, I want to be a minister you know, I want to get out of work. I want to be a minister. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Obviously, you may not be called. <laughs> That's your approach. We'll get some revelation. So when we begin to understand the anointing, so there's an anointing. God always anoints a leader, right? He anointed Moses. He anointed David. He always anoints a leader. He anointed Paul. He always, And that's the same way in in a, a church setting, he always anoints a man or a woman or whatever, and, and they're the set people. And like, none of you have the authority that I do or Pastor Staff does as we are those set people in this house to go into certain areas to release things. How many of y'all have a key to my office? Right, you know why? Only Becca, she's close to the glory. But why, why do you not have a key to my office? Excuse my hillbilly of inaccurate because it ain't your office. So I have a key to access things you don't have, but I only have it because God set me in that office. But the good gospel news is the fact he set me in that office, if you set yourself under me, you have access just like in Psalm 133, it comes down from the head of the Father down through the beard of Aaron and down through the garments and whatever the saturation and ability and the works that I can do begin to get all over you. The anointing is a material. It, it, it is also referred to in the Old Testament as when they would take the, the oil, you know, and they would rub it and smear it on their, on their sheep. Why? Because it would keep the gnats and the bugs and infection from them. And it also would bring healing to any cuts or nicks or bumps or bruises. So what is it? The anointing is the healing balm of God. The anointing is the protection of God. Well, so whenever that anointing is smeared on you, 
what does it do? It's on you for your sake, but it's also on you for the sake of others. So you, so if one sheep is rubbing another sheep, before long, all the sheep are covered with the anointing. And when you come together, we're smeared together as one under the covering. But if you're not here, you're not getting it. See, I, I, I'm amazed. Last week, how many of y'all that were here believe that last week was anointed? Man, that's one of the most clear-cut teachings on on blessing, and I, it breaks my heart. If you haven't listened to it, get your little self on YouTube and listen to it and watch it. I'm just telling you, because it's me. Well, yeah, because it is me, because I'm the set one in the house. If you're, if you're listening to anyone on YouTube, I should be the first. If not, they're your pastor. I'm not nervous. See? And, and I'm not saying that. Sometimes I talk to my boys like that. They know, okay, Pops, I got it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Sometimes it's a look. But those are rare because we're in sync. Right? Right. It's the same way with the staff. Sometimes I come to the office, they wish I didn't. And they pray for me to go. Yeah, yeah, I say, let pastor go rest. You need to go rest, pastor. I said, you prayed and wanted me, you got me, so I'm going to shake things up. Shake it up, brothers and sisters. But what an amazing team we have. It's such... Pastor Staff is running that day to day and she's doing a great job and there's such unity and power and strength in our team. Sometimes they just need me to come in and shake it up a little bit. That's all. <laughs> Becca's like, help us, Jesus, Lord. Why? Because I'm the set man. And if I'm flowing in a word of knowledge, that could get on you. If I'm flowing in miracle signs and wonders, that could get on you. If I'm bringing people to Jesus, that should be on you. Whatever is on me, Blessing, favor should be on you. It should go down through the garments of the whole body to the end. And when it drops off the garment, it hits the ground. It touches the world. Hmm. Look at me in 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Beginning in verse 45. And so it is written, <clears throat> talking about the word, this is Paul. The first man, Adam, became a living being. Everybody be, say a living being. That's where we get human being from. It's not just a coffee company. Human being now is a coffee company. Isn't that something? But it's human, human being, I think it is. So human being, we're, we're human beings. That's where they got that term from, right? The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Who's that? Jesus. Romans 5 teaches us that the first Adam was Adam, and the second Adam was Jesus, is Jesus. He's life-giving. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. Afterward, the spiritual. Well, what's he talking about? <clears throat> when you say get born again, are you going to be like Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and say, what must I do to be born again? What must I do to be saved or inherit the kingdom of God? And Jesus said, be born again. And he's like, what? I'm an old man, and my mother's been dead a long time. Can I go back up in her womb? No. And then Jesus said, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you got to be washed in the water and the word. In other words, he's talking about the spirit and the word of God, the truth. That's, what, that's how you're born again. That's how you're saved, through the word and the spirit of God in the name of Jesus. So when you say I'm saved, well, you're not saved from something. The word saved means not just preservative, but it's got a hundred different meanings to it, and, and it all encompasses the blessing. Everybody say the blessing. <clears throat> so, said so afterward, the spiritual. 
So, so you were born because the curse of Adam and Eve to fall with who you really are abiding in a state of death. Your spirit is just there, not activated. Your soul, which is your decision-making resources, your mind, will, and emotion is alive. Your body, your physical flesh, blood, bones, all that is alive. But who you really are, the DNA of God, the, the, the soul and the body is not the DNA of God. God is not soul and God is not body. God is spirit. Who you really are in God and who you really are created to be is spirit. So when you're going around, everybody says, well, you know, when I was seeking God, I was convicted and I felt like I had a hole in my heart. Yeah, you did because you're, you're operating out of your soul, not your spirit. Your mind is only a tool to access your spirit. You think spirit, oh, I'm going to pray in tongues. I'm going to feel good, woo, warm and fuzzy. No, what I'm talking about is the DNA of God that created you in his image and likeness. We, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, created them both, male and female. We are created in the imago, the image, the likeness of God. He is spirit. Say, when I'm born again, I am spirit. So afterward, it says, so the spiritual is not first, but the natural. And afterward, the spiritual. Jesus had to come as the second Adam because the, the way God set things up to keep his word, he had to come in the natural before he could manifest spirit. He had to be born of a virgin before he could release his spirit in the earth. If not, he would have been a property jumper just like Satan is because God didn't give this world to Jesus and he, he, he didn't give it to Satan. He gave it to Adam. And Adam and Eve surrendered it through sin to Satan. So now it's been stolen by Satan. What? Stolen by Satan, the earth has. And now for Jesus, that's why he had to die and suffer. He had to come as a human man and pay for all of our humanity's sin, not just for then, but for the future. And he had to pay for all of our sin and all that stuff that separates us from God. Unbelief is the main thing that separates us from God. And that's why it was so painful. He had to come as a man and die as a man, even though he was 100% God. Anyway, it's called the incarnation. You want to study that out? Then it goes on to say, the man was of the earth made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Verse 48. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. <clears throat> Look at that now. As a man, as the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so are those who are heavenly. Heaven is not a destination. Well, I just want to get to the land on the other side. No. Say heaven's not a destination. It's a kingdom. It's an entity of God. Well, Master, how should we pray? Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. We're on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, he's not wanting you to wait for heaven. Yeah, you get to inherit heaven, but you already have inherited heaven. You have heaven living in you right now. And when you die, 
and you're, the body says to be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord, you'll be present with all the other saints that went on before you and with God and all the angels, and you'll see things you've never seen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, it says you see in part and know in part, but in that day, what when you're with God, you will see clearly and see and know all things. That's why revelation, the more we have faith and trust in God and activate who we are, spirit, who we really are and get in touch with who we really are, our DNA, what, who we are and how we exist, that's how we open up revelation. It doesn't come from your mind. It doesn't come from your feelings. It comes from your spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul. Your mind will, your, your decision-making resources. You live in a body, flesh, blood, and bone. So, so as we begin to get that, we realize that spirit is king, soul should be the servant and the body the slave. We operate more like the soul is king, the body is a slave, and spirit's somewhere out there when we need him. In other words, when there's like red velvet cake in the refrigerator at one in the morning, and there's a good cold thing of milk over there, and I wake up and it, my mind goes, ooh, Oh, my spirit's saying, I want you to live another, preach another 30 years, stay in bed. My mind's saying, hey, how often is it here? <laughs> and, and the milk is cold, right? Come on now. And you take a step down the stairs and, you know, you're like, well, I guess I'll repent later. <laughs> but when you live your life like that with constantly, 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 what happens? Your soul's the king. You can be a child of God, and most people are children of God, and their soul is still the boss. Your thinking resources, your mental resources, your, your mind is a tool. Did you know I could talk to my mind and tell it to shut up? If you could talk to your mind and tell it to shut up, how could it be in charge? Where did you talk to it from? You couldn't do that before you were a Christian. Well, I prayed. You are prayer. God prayed. He spoke you into existence. Prayer is communion and com uh, communion and com uh, see communing and conversing with God, asking and receiving from God. It's communing what and conversing, having conversation and asking and receiving from God. Prayer is not just I'm talking out into the yonder and hope I get a goosebump <laughs> or hope some weird thing happens and I get what I need or I'll be the lucky in a billion to get it. No. You can't even pray without faith. You have to have a petition. Anyway, I'm supposed to be teaching on the blessing. Okay. Hmm. So let's go back to the creation of man in Genesis 2, right? Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord formed what man out of what? The dust of the ground and breathed. The word breathed zoe, he breathed his DNA. God-like life is what that means. He breathed. His breath, the breath of God, whenever, you know when you breathe, you're like spitting your DNA on people. You're spreading your DNA just by breathing. He breathed on that dust, and then he took his hands and formed it and created it. But the dust wasn't a man. And the Bible says he became a living soul. In the Jewish Bible, it says he became a living, talking spirit. So in other words, what happened is when God created man in his own imago and image, right, he 
put dust up and shaped it the way he wanted man to be, and then he breathed his spirit into man, and then he allowed man to have a decision-making soul. And when he created Eve, he didn't hewn her out of the dust because God is the fullness of all things. He is male and female. He's not one or the other. He's the fullness of it. What did he do? He took a rib from Adam. How's he going to do it any better? When he made Adam, he can't make it any better. He's God. So why do it over? I'll just take a piece of him and boom, throw it in, throw some dust and breathe on it. And woman came for it, Eve, the beginning of all things, Adam. Red dirt, red clay, dust of the earth is what Adam. So from the red dust to red clay, right, he brought the beginning of all things. And when those two come together, that's the only creation we have, and we can't do it by ourselves. A lot of people think they can. That's why they're weird. We can't. Male and female, what that seed has to come together to release God's creation. What is it? It's not creation. And it's not recreation. What is it? It's procreation. All you're doing is releasing what God has already put into action. You're not going to have a true living being that can have a spirit that's born again. You can, you know, you can do all the what is it, ASI, all that, and have you know computers that feel, look, talk, whatever. But they're not going to have a spirit. And they're really not even going to have a soul. They're going to be programmed. We're the only thing that has a free decision-making power. And he wanted it that way. Hallelujah. Say the blessing. blessing. Now, what's cool here, what does it say over there in Genesis 2, I don't know, 26, 27, 28? You hear it all the time here. It says, and he created, said he created man in his own image, imagio, likeness, just in the same as him. We, W-E, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, created them both, and he made it clear, both male and female, so there's not supposed to be one, male and female. It's not a unisex thing. It's male and female. In, his, in our image and likeness created we, both male and female, and we put them what? In charge to do what? And they did what, Wes? Let's get over to Genesis 2, Genesis 1, I mean, 26, 27, somewhere. And what do they do? He put us in charge so that we could do what? So that we could procreate, not just produce children, but that we could go forth and subdue. He said, you're going to be in charge of everything, right? So is God created man in his own image? In his own life to create them? 28. Then God blessed them. There it is. When God, just keep that up for a minute. When God created us, when God created Adam, he created the blessing. What did he do? He gave a piece of himself and put it in a bunch of dust and gave it a mind to think. So how can you get the blessing? You can't get the blessing unless you have the DNA of God. And the only way you can have the DNA of God is when you're born again. When you're saved, when you're born again, we call it blood-bought. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says the old man dies and the new man comes alive. 1 Corinthians 5, 17, what's it say when you're saved? Old things pass away. You're a new creature in, in Christ Jesus. That's important, right? In Christ Jesus. You're a new creature of creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away and what? 
all things become new. Why do they all become new? Because you're a, you're, your spirit being is alive and it puts you in a whole, whole different realm. You sense, no, things that you would never know. Put that scripture back up, please. Just leave it up there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Say this, then God blessed me. See, leave it up for a while. So what, what's that mean? How did he bless me? Because he blessed them. Once he put that law into action, nothing can change it. Even God, because he gave his word. So what did he have to do? He had to bring his son and make him the second Adam come through the portal of a woman, and he had to put his DNA in Mary. You notice Joseph had nothing to do with it. The angel came, but Mary had to agree to it, and she accepted it. And when she accepted it, the angel of the Lord put the DNA of God in her. Not sex or nothing, he put it in her because she was still a virgin when, even after Jesus was born. <clears throat> Think about that. So God put his DNA in Mary to procreate something that had been dead for thousands of years. You see, the prophets and the kings and the priests, which were only people that could hear and know God, were God's prophets, priests, and kings and his servants. But the, but the spirit was never in any of them, only on them. The spirit of God came on David, and he did what? Killed the lion and the bear. The spirit of God came on Samson, and he killed the Philistines. The spirit of God came on Elijah, and he prophesied. The spirit of God came on Elisha, and he prophesied. The spirit of God came on them, and they worked miracles, and they done wonders. The spirit of God came on a donkey, and he rebuked a prophet, Balaam. Spirit of God came on a rock and it praised God. He could take any article because it's not of his DNA and make it do what he wants. But it's God making the decision to do it. God took you and I out of the dusty earth, right? Gave us flesh, blood, and bones. Gave us a decision-making resource. Said, if you'll receive me, I'll put a piece of me in you. Greater is he who is in me. Well, who's in you? Than he who is in this world. No weapon formed against me can prosper. Why? Because he's in me. Jesus, I, God, he, Moses, da, 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 ha, 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 who do I tell, tell them that's going with me to free the slaves? of Tom, I am is with you. Ooh, I, no, God, I said about who? God. I am is with you. It's the I am in you that's great. It's not you. It's the I am in you that heals the sick. It's the I am in you that gives the meow. It's the I am in you that gives the roll for up. It's the I am in you that gives you the moo moo. It's a manifestation of that little sentence right there. It's a manifestation of those four words. Then. God bless them. It didn't say, then God gave them blessings. There's one blessing that all blessings derive themselves from. Then God blessed them. And then what happened? He couldn't put a demand on them until he gave them a piece of himself. 
actually a piece of all of them, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply. What's that mean? More cars, more houses, more education, more degrees, more kids? No. It's talking about be fruitful and multiply heaven on earth. Be fruitful and multiply the kingdom. Be fruitful and multiply his influence. Be fruitful and multiply and bring more people to life that are dead. Fill the earth and subdue it. See, see, most people don't really study the Bible. They don't know. There were fall, not fallen, angels kicked out of heaven that were giants. They were all out here getting people, doing reprocating or whatever it is. Can't say that thing, you know. But there were fallen angels and other weird demonic things on the earth. They, he wanted them to take back, right? He wanted them to take charge and to be God on the earth. And Pastor Bill explained it real well and some others that, that really we are little gods or under God as a small God. We're not God. Why? You got a piece of God in you. So when you talk, God talks. When you walk, God walks. When, when you move, God moves. And then you read the scripture and people, oh, I'm leaving the church. I can't believe they said we're God's. Because you have no revelation. I hope you're saved. I don't want you to go to hell. Hmm. When I do that, that's Dr. Sumrall, just so you know. Stephanie knows that. He'd go, hmm. <laughs> like, whatever. I stopped doing this. You know, over your head, I stopped it. I don't do it no more. My wife said I can't, so I don't. I'm not allowed to. Because we're one, and she's the neck, I'm the head, so I turn the way she wants me to. <laughs> Be fruitful and multiply and fill. Everybody say fill. Here. That's not talking about just having a lot of kids, Logsons. You, you think you're at the limit. You got a lot of little blessings. You got a lot of little blessings. I think we've been blessed enough for the blessings. They took that word literal. It, there's other definitions to that. Now, we'll never have a better Christmas or holiday than they will in 30 years, right? It's the way my family was big, man. We had more than you guys. We had 10, so when all the grandkids came, my goodness, there was enough Christmas paper, wasn't her staff, that we'd go. She'd never seen nothing like that because she just had one brother. So there was so many Christmas. You, you couldn't see people hardly for all the paper in the floor when the kids and the grandkids and the great-grandkids are opening the toys. But there's more to it than that. You do have to feed them, you know, and educate them. So, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. What? With God's presence, with God's DNA, with God's heaven, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Well, you know, have dominion over the fish of the sea and birds in the air. That means you have authority to speak. I don't know, Pastor, that must be like just for Adam. Well, the second Adam said we're created in his image and likeness, Jesus. The second Adam said in John 14, you'll not only do the works I've done, but do greater works than these. I don't know. What am I going to do about, you know, 
what purpose would it be for me to speak to the fish and sea? Bird? I don't know. It depends on if you're in a boat wreck out in the middle of the ocean, you want to speak to those sharks to get away from you. I don't know. Maybe you need to be like Elijah and have a raven to bring you food at the brook when there's a drought. I don't know. But God said, if you have to, it's there. Unless you don't believe. You get what you believe. Hallelujah. Everybody say the blessing. So when we begin to realize it and we begin to get in it, the blessing is activated through faith, right? Now, faith is the substance things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the vehicle that brings heaven to earth. Faith is the vehicle that gives revelation to see heaven, to know heaven, to feel heaven. Grace is what? What is grace? It's the unmerited favor of God, but grace also is Jesus. Romans 5 teaches us that. He is grace. You're saved by grace through faith. Who are you saved by? Jesus. Grace is not just an adjective or a verb. It's also a noun, he. So let's look at this 27 again. So God created man in his own image. You notice it's W-O-W-N, own, ownership, own image. I mean, if you just got that, You'd live differently. I, I, I'm not a reflection. We, we look at image, imagio, and we look at it's like a mirror. No, it's not. It's made just like. It means reflect, looks like, but also made like. And he even used the word made us like him. Your brain is there to access who you are. You cannot be born again unless you make a decision with your brain and confess the Lord with your mouth to be saved. It can't happen. And that's the only authority your brain has is to submit so it can repent. That's it. That's why Romans 12, 2 says, be you not formed this world, but be, be you not formed this world, but be you transformed by the, what the renewing of your mind to prove what is God's good and acceptable and perfect will. In other words, to prove how he wants things done and to do it his way through his strength, through his anointing, ability to make able. God didn't create man in someone else's image or likeness. What kind of image is God? He's spirit. So if we're created in his image, this flesh and this soul is not God. That's his tools. His tools are time. God doesn't have anything to do with time. He always was, always is, and always will be. He's Alpha and Omega, and we still, oh, someday when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask about time. When you get to heaven, it don't exist. You won't even think about it anymore. Why? Because it's a tool. It's a tool for us to measure, to grow, to reflect, to learn, to plan, to have purpose. Time is a tool. There's two kinds of times, by the way. Chronos time, which is time in segments, seconds, minutes, hours, days, and so on. And then that's where we get the word chronological. Then there's charis times. What is charis times? That's seasonal times, like spring, fall, May, night, mornings, you know, whatever. Seasonal times. So in your life, there's things that happen chronologically, but there's also seasons of your life. You're living in two streams of time at all time. Really three, because one is ages or aeon. 
So we're living in a dispensation or age of God that he has over the earth for that season. And then through that, it's watered down to us or it comes down to us to live it chronologically and seasonally. You know, I'd look pretty silly if I was nursing on my mother and I'm 60 years old. It's not seasoned to do that. Some of you moms, your kid, when they got teeth, it's not seasoned. But anyway, <laughs> help yourself. They got a beard, it's not seasoned. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the father said, amen. <laughs> kids, if you understood that, you already know it, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> Can't believe you said that, my kids. But they know a lot more than you think they know. Your soul is not who you are. It's a tool you have to release the being you are, to release the spirit of God who you really are. <clears throat> Can't be born again till you believe. Can't believe till you hear. You can't access the DNA of God until you make a decision. And when you make the decision, the Bible says in Romans 10, I think, or wherever it is, faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by faith. And we are saved what? Through faith. What? By believing the truth or believing in God, accepting him, making him Lord of our hearts. Think about this. This blew me away when you really think about it. And I'll end sometime here in the near future. <clears throat> when it talks about Genesis 1, 27 to 28, so God created man in his own image. In his image of God, he created him, both male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, in the beginning of verse 28. Now, all that took place before Genesis 2, 7. All that took place before he ever grabbed the earth and breathed into it. That's relevant to you. He created them, uh, he created Adam and Eve in the unseen through his word, which releases faith to create. That's his vehicle to operate with. Holy Spirit and faith, those two. Faith moves Holy Spirit. So, remember it said, and the spirit hovered the earth and it was dark and deep. What spirit do you think that was, brother? Holy Spirit, his spirit, but Holy Spirit. So, anyway, I imagine the angels. Man, they had to kick Satan out of heaven and a third of the angels. They've served God for who knows, millions of years, whatever. But they don't have the power to make, uh, they don't have a piece of God in them. He created them to serve, worship, to praise, and to serve him. He didn't put his DNA in angels. They're spiritual beings, but they're not his spirit. They're his creation. Can you imagine what the angels felt like when they heard God speak of what he was going to do and create these two things out of that ground down there we've been defending for God? He's going to create them out of that and going to put a piece of himself in them? They were probably maybe upset, I don't know, or at least intrigued. What are they going to look, what are they going to be like? And then in 2-7, he performs the act. Imagine what the angels, 
And that's why the Bible says, you know, that's why the scholars, when they were writing in Hebrew, says you're a little lower than angels. And it's really not. When you look at the Hebrew and you go over and look at the Greek, you see it's not a little lower than God. The angels are under you. Why, do you. why does it say that God gave you the angels to be ministering spirits to go forth on your behalf? You're the one to give charge to angels. You're the one to do that. They're there to serve you. Like Bill teaches, right? Pastor Bill, they're over here going, oh, God, I'm bored today. Are you going to do anything? You send your angels forth to business. You send your angels forth to protect your family. You send your angels forth to work on your behalf and your favor. And with your angels working and Holy Spirit working, releasing your faith, all things are possible to them that believe. What do you believe? See, that's your problem. The person who asks the what question always works for the person who knows the why. See, that's your problem. You're trying to figure out what you believe. It's not a what, it's a who. Who do you believe? Let God be true and every person be a liar. Let God be true and nature be a liar. Let God be true and death be a liar. Because he defeated death, hell, and a grave. And took back keys of life and death. So when I say greater is he who is in me, who's in me than he who's in the world, you're like, I heard that three times for the last 20 years every service. Maybe you weren't pulling on my faith and had to stir myself up to preach to you. I don't know. Or maybe I was just excited. But it's a revelation that's so deep in me that it just comes out. Because no matter what comes or I face, and even in my weakness and my failure and my lack of ability, I know there's a piece of God in me that if I could just tap into it and believe enough, I could access it. I, I could walk on water if I needed to. God's no respecter of persons, and Peter did. And like Steph and I, oh, I was talking about that. So <clears throat> you get to see and witness when I'm operating in miracles and signs and wonders. I get to sense it, feel it, and experience at a different level than you because it's like Peter. They watched Peter walk on water. He wasn't Jesus. He didn't make it long, right? He had to have Jesus. You'll watch me operate in faith and miracles. I can only do it when God says do it in the way and how and who. And, and when I do that, what's happening, you're just seeing me take a few baby steps because God told me to. It's not my ability. I can't defy gravity. I can't defy the law of death. I can't defy those things, but God can. My mind can't, my body can't, my heart, my wishes, my soul, my feelings, my can't. But there's a piece of God in me that his creation, the God-like kind of life is who I am. I'm a piece of him. I'm his, just like Jesus said, now he's the first brethren among many. We're all little brothers and sisters of Jesus, just like he has God's DNA and is God's DNA, so are we. Imagine if you tapped into that and stopped going, uh, you know, what I know, what I have, to who I know and what he says about it. Everything God did was a thought in his mind and then he spoke a word and released his faith to create it. That's the same way God operates. It says in Hebrews 11.3, that's how he framed the worlds. Put Hebrews 11.3 up there and I'll pray for you. Hebrews 11.3. 
11, 3. Now faith is a substance, hope for whatever this thing's not seen. With this, the elders gave a good report. And what? God framed. Okie dokie, I guess the computer's not working. Somebody read Hebrews 11, 3 real quick to me. I want to get it right, because sometimes I kind of got them in me and I kind of garble them up, and you're like. Okay, that translation is good. The universe was formed. But in there one, it says the word, his word. Give me your phone. <clears throat> oh, thank you. By faith, we understand, that's revelation, that the world's universes as well, not just the world we're in, but universe, everything exists, were framed by the word of God. Now, the word is not just a written page. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word became God. And it man about seven or eight verses down, it manifests itself, and the word man became visible, and it was who? Jesus, the Son of God, right? So by faith we understand. By faith, everything that's the vehicle that God that's the that's what God works gives us the tool to work with. By faith we understand, that's revelation, that the worlds, everything were framed. Now I love this word framed in the Greek. It means to fit, finish, and fashion. Fit, finish, and fashion. So what did God do? Just leave that up there, guys, but listen to this. Now, faith is the substance things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By this, the elders what? Gave up what? Good report. By faith, we understand that the worlds were fit, finished, and fashioned by Jesus, the Word of God, so that things which are seen were not made out of things which are Visible, frame. So in other words, in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, 9, you hear me say it all the time, whom he saved and called, not according to your own works, but with a holy calling in Christ Jesus before time began. The word before is talking about design. Before time began. Time is ages or aeon. So, God saved and called us just like he did Adam and Eve before they were born. God blessed Adam and Eve before they existed. So therefore, Jesus came back and brought the second Adam, reestablished the blessing because you can't have the blessing without the spirit of God in you because that is the blessing. His, what is the blessing? It's his spirit. What is the blessing? It's his DNA in our bodies. And then look what he did. I'm going to give you a tool. Know my word. Know my son and you'll be free. Know my word. My logos, the sum, total, and purpose of God. My rhema, the promises of God. That's the two Greek words that define word. Know my son. Know my word. Know my seasons. Know my chronos. Know, know, know my logos, the sum, total, my person, personality, and purpose. Through the word, you can know the heart of God. If you want to know what God loved and what God hated, Jesus was God in the flesh. See what he loved and hated. That's what God loves and hates. And now all that took place for whatever time you're born in that you could live a blessed life 
because he went ahead of you even though it looks messed up and crazy and he rigged the game. In the natural, it don't look like it's rigged because you're living in the natural. The natural was the first, not the second. You got to get to the second, spirit. Revelation brings you to spirit. He went ahead of us before we were ever born for the time we would be born in and he fit Fitted it up like a suit, fitted it up, fashioned it. What's that mean? He, he, he shaped it, and then he framed it not to be broken. Heavy, isn't it? Yeah. I used to know a youth guy years ago said, that's a heavy ready. <laughs> By faith, we understand, do we? By faith, we understand, will we? By faith, we understand, do we really want it? By faith, we understand that the worlds, the ages, were framed, fit, finished, and fashioned by who? The word of God. What's this now? So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Nobody can create the material to make those chairs, but they can pull certain resources from the world and put it together and form a chair. Man doesn't create ore or Diamonds or coal, they mine it. And then they create energy or they create jewelry or whatever. So the chair you're sitting on really is not a creation. It's a manufacturing of the unseen brought into the sea. So you're sitting on faith. And, and, and you know, I used to do the illustration. I'm getting kind of older now, but I would stand up here. Now Mark does it, which God bless all you guys have to catch Mark. He's a little taller than me. So, so, you know, I'd sit here and I'd go, okay, and i have the guys back there, and I'd say, do I really trust them? Do I really? This is faith. they just fall back, and they catch me. Thank God they caught me every time. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, because at that time, I was going, oh, Lord, all I need some guy picking his nose, and boom. <laughs> or his wife buzzes his phone. He's like, <gasps> <laughs> I must be tired. I tell Brother Ed, it's time to quit, brother. You're, you're tired. He gets... <laughs> He starts those corny jokes. Sometimes those jokes are good. Sometimes I'm like, ooh, nice. Let me retire. Let's go back and get some this. He'll just say, oh, Brother Dalton. I love him so much. I'm going to let you go. I know. You feel like, well, does God know me or does God care about me? He set the worlds up for you. He knew you before you existed. As Pastor Rod used to say, as you were a thought in your, your, your twinkle in your daddy's eye and a thought in your mama's mind, he knew you. I could take you back in the Old Testament in Isaiah, I think it is, and show you that he already has a book in heaven about his promises over your life, things that you have authority to do. He already told Jeremiah about those promises. He, he already wrote out the abilities he's given you to do. It's in a book in heaven. So we won't be just to be judged on did we, you know, get saved or sin or not sin. You'll be judged on what'd you do with that book, brother? Yeah, you had to have faith to believe and receive Jesus. After that, what'd you do with your book? How much of it did you get done? The scrolls, there's scrolls in heaven about your destiny. Destiny is not a location, it's a trip. Derek means you have an ending point and an end, a beginning and an ending, but the destiny is about the destination 
The destination is about, not about a location, it's about the journey. And you've got to stay on your journey to fulfill your scroll in heaven. Well, will I get kicked out of heaven? No, you'll just be my janitor probably, or butler, or my washing my, I don't know, my big old stallion down. I don't know. And, I might, and I'll probably be doing that for Miss Gwen for sure. I'll probably be... I'll be Miss Gwen's butler or something, man, because that woman right there, man, she's going to be over a country. Yes. I'm not, you think I'm kidding. See, that's the problem. It's funny, but what you got to realize is there's rankings in the kingdom of God. Yes. He talks about the violent, the violent take it by force. There's a ranking in the kingdom. Why would he teach you in Ephesians about put on the shield of faith and, you know, the gospel of peace and take the sword of the spirit? Because you're in a fight. Of wickedness in high places, right? Isn't that what he said? Now I feel like I can teach all day. And you're like, I can sleep all day, so I, that don't work, so I got to compromise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you want just to receive by, by faith, I'm going to stir up the blessing in you, all of you that are born again. But before you do it, Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're not born again, if you're not saved, now you're not saved because your mama's saved. You're not saved because you got baptized when you were 20 or when you were 9. You're born again because you're blood-bought and you're living in the plan of God for your life. You're, you're, you know that you know that if you took your last breath, you'd be present with God. So on count of three, if you want to pray that prayer right now so you can have it, raise your hand. One, two, three. You want it right now. You want it right now. You're not sure. You don't know. Is anybody raising their hand? Amen? Okay. So everybody's saved, I guess. Good. Okay. So on the, what I'd like to do now, if you want me to pray to release blessing over here, because I am set in this house. Steph, come up here with me. We're both set together in this house. And as we're set together, we have the authority to release what's on us and in us on you. So if you want the blessing activated at a higher level, or maybe you've never had it activated, just stand up. We're going to pray right now. Stand up. We're going to pray right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Rose, get out of This is going to be crazy powerful for you. Thank you, Jesus. Crazy powerful. Right now, Father, by the authority in our set position, you set us you framed the world you framed and fashioned this time this place this location this season and you put pieces of you in us and pieces of you in those that are here today and under the sound of my voice and by your authority your power through faith and authority given and endowed by you I call them blessed 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 Blessed, 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 blessed. In Jesus' mighty name, give God a shout of praise. Give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I, I just want you to soak in that. If you didn't. 
you didn't see or hear what here, you were traveling or something, you need to get on today and watch last week's message. It'll tie all this together for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jamie, the Lord said, no more, never again. No more, never again. No more, never again. No going backwards. Your family's only going forward. No more, never again. Going, never going back into addiction. Never going back into worry. Never going back into unbelief. Never going to be going back into lack. The Lord says, I have blessed you. I have blessed your Lord. I have blessed your house. I have blessed your family. And blessed you are. No weapon formed against your family can prosper. You, you don't win. You have won. Now that word can be for everyone in here needs it. It's not just for one person. But what I want you to realize is you're trying to win a game you have won. If he created you and gave you him to be in you and he went ahead of you and fit and fashioned and framed the world you exist in to be in your authority, that you have the ability anointing of God, presence of God, the proportional power of God to release a now of God, a rope of God, a move of God, whatever it takes to break through or to bring into existence what you need. You need healing in your body. Just put your hand wherever it needs to be healed right now. Father, I thank you. By your stripes we were healed, you said in 1 Peter 2, 24. Right now, God, I operate by your gift of faith and I command them whole, 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 from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, whole. Neurological disorders and diseases, God, terminal illnesses, blood diseases, tendons, bone, whatever it is, Lord, I command them whole, whole, whole them free of the spirit of infirmity, free of fear, free of worry, and them free of lack. They're blessed. Now, get this. The Bible talks about it like this. I forget where the scripture is, but it calls someone that comes on in the Hebrew, and someone that comes in the Old Covenant talks about when they come on your property, they call them claim jumpers. They come on without authority, without your authority. And they call them claim jumpers. I think there's another word for that, but property jumpers. Property jumpers, but what they're doing, they're trying to take your property rights, your territory. So when Satan comes through, he's going to try to come through the door of worry, the door of fear, the door of unbelief. The only way he can do that, he can't get to your heart till he gets through your ears, your eyes. And he get through your ears, your eyes, if you're hanging around, if you're hanging around, you're in worry all the time, I bet your best friend's worried just like you. If you're sick, I bet you and your best buddies know every kind of medication you take and all that, you're both sick together. If you want to break that, love them, be good to them, but move yourself around people of faith. Move yourself around people who are healthy. Move yourself around people who are free. Move yourself people around who, who are living financially free. Start to elevate, right? Begin to access the blessing 
It's not just in you, it's part of you, it's you. So in other words, we are God's blessing. We are God's DNA. When you walk in the room, the blessing walks in. When you speak, the blessing speaks. That's why we got to be careful about blessing and cursing. You have authority to curse too. Well, this knee's killing me. This headache's about to get me. I'm sick all the time. You will be. Be a good cheer. You have authority, Deuteronomy says, to speak blessings or curses. Well, I don't know about all this authority to take care of the fish, the sea, the fowl, the air. Well, then you better forget what Jesus said about the church. He said in, in Mark's, Luke's gospel, what did remark where it was like, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. If you have authority to bind and loose on earth and heaven, I think you can take care of a fish or a bird. Now, we could get real pseudo-spiritual and say birds represent spirits who move right we can talk, talk about serpents and snakes right that's that's the spirit of there's different spirits of pythons and different demonic forces so you know however you want to take it it don't really matter you're blessed you can apply it any way you want to because you're in charge because God made you in charge as long as you're operating under his law his love that's why he said faith hope and charity faith hope and love the greatest of these is love if you're operating like Meg said, out of love, then he'll give you the faith to access the authority you need to change whatever needs to be changed. I love you. Baby, you want to say anything? I better stop. Want to say anything? God bless you. Wow. Love you. <laughs> Woo! Praise God. <laughs>